I, I do want to say it's so good to see all of you. We've been a couple months of just it being like 10 of us in here, and that's been really odd. Um, one of the more difficult things about that has been, um, like, I've tried to keep the center section here clear because when there's like three people sitting there, it's incredibly distracting when they do things. And so I've pretty much just been preaching to Lauren back there and the camera, and, um, and I'm just glad to see some other faces. The other thing is, you guys know I like to move when I preach, right? And for the last two months, I've just been like standing here. And you could, this is funny, like I've noticed this, instead of moving side to side like I usually do, I've been kind of going like this because that way I'm still on the camera. I don't know if you picked that up online, but it's really, it's been pretty funny. Um, but man, I'm so glad to be with you this morning. We're, we're in the third week, the last week of our series, Unleashing the Church. And, and so far, we, what we're doing in the series, we're looking at the moving of God through Scripture, the way that God's presence and God's um, interaction with people has moved through Scripture. And so the first week, um, two weeks ago, we talked about the presence of God, and we talked about the fact that God is working around us all the time. With the Israelites, we, the, the, the focal point of that was the tent of meeting. And so as the Israelites were, were journeying from um, Egypt to the promised land, um, Moses would take and he would build um, a temporary tent of meeting. And when he would build that, the, the presence of God would come over it. And we see in Scripture that when the presence of God would come over the tent of meeting, there would be a cloud and there would be fire that would come over it. And people could physically see the presence of God. It says in Scripture that when the presence of God would come over the tent of meeting, the people would come out into their doorways and pray and worship because the power of God was there. Then we see the people move into the promised land. And, and King David comes about as their king, and he wants to build a temple for God. And God says, it's not my will that you would build it, but that your son Solomon would build it. So King Solomon builds a temple in Jerusalem, a holy temple to God. And so we go from this traveling tent where people could physically see the presence of God and would choose to follow it to a holy temple and in Jerusalem that was kind of the the, I guess, the image bearing of God. It wasn't, Solomon said, we know that a building can't hold the all-powerful God. In fact, the heavens can't hold the power of God, so we don't expect a building to hold it, but the building was a place to come and meet with the holy God, and it was a place that we would come and we would practice worshiping and growing in our faith. And so we see this moving in Scripture. That we have the traveling, the presence of God working around us, and then we have the temple, and now today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's Pentecost Sunday. And so fast-forwarding from the temple about a thousand years, we come to the biggest moment in human history, and that is the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth. And just like we saw presence and just like we saw the temple, we have, and, and the practice in the temple, we have Jesus in physical form, in human form, walking among the people, the power of God, God himself, the Son, walking among the people, and they see the presence of God, and they see the miracles of Jesus. And they practice, they learn, the disciples are walking along with Jesus, and he's, he's teaching them as he goes, he's talking to them, he's showing them, they're doing miracles. And so we see the presence, we see the practice. But, but I wanna be really clear about something. That was not God's whole plan. See, there's a movement 
throughout Scripture, and it didn't stop with just a presence or a cloud. It didn't stop with, okay, God's plan wasn't just to be a cloud and fire that moved around that we could see and physically follow. And God, that is a part of it. We do see God at work around us. God's plan wasn't just to have a holy temple, this beautiful temple built in his name that, that would be a meeting place. That wasn't all of it. That's a part of it. We, I, we know as followers of Christ that we are supposed to come together, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a sanctuary, whether it's in a temple, a cathedral, whether it's around our kitchen table, we come together to worship and practice worship and be changed by God. Um, but that's not the whole plan. And that's what we're going to see today. See, Jesus came and Jesus gave everything for us. He gave his life. He died on a cross so that we could be forgiven for our sins, so that we could have the grace of God poured out on us and we could have freedom from sin and death. And Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And even then, it's like, okay, that's great. Jesus is with us. But Jesus says, no, this isn't the whole plan. See, I'm going to go to the Father. But Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. And so that brings us to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at that today, starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. So Jesus has ascended to heaven, and the people gather together. They all gather together. It's good to be gathered together, right? Turn and shake your head, yes. Don't shake your head, no. If, I, I, don't, I didn't see anyone do that, but it's good to be together. The people gathered together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, that's pretty good text right there, right? But I, don't want, I think we need to read this next part because this next part is so important to understanding Pentecost and what's happening with the speaking in tongues. Verse 5, now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, um, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask each other, what does this mean? This is a big question in the text. Because see, the Spirit of God shows up on the believers, they're filled with the Spirit, and they start to speak in tongues. They start to speak in all these different languages that they didn't know, and the Spirit of God comes, and these people from all over the world start hearing the message of God, the gospel of Christ, in their own language. Can you imagine this? Sound like a violent wind? Tongues of fire coming down and people speaking in all these different languages and these people are drawn to it and they say, what does this mean? That's an important question for us today. Well, they were here for Pentecost. 
also called the Festival of Weeks. This was, a, this was a Jewish time to come and celebrate. It was a harvest festival, and so that makes this all the better. The, the Festival of Weeks was a festival of harvest. And so they come together, God-fearing Jews from all over. So let's just stop a minute because I want to make sure we're clear on this. At first glance, you see the words God-fearing Jews, and you think, cool, these are, these are, these are the Christians, right? But that's not who this was. This, these, weren't, these weren't the Christians that were following Jesus. These are God-fearing Jews. And so we understand that they do fear God, but they do not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And so they came from all over for this festival. And, and the Spirit comes. And, and in this, we see two things that should be very familiar to us, as I talked about just a little bit ago. We see a violent, the sound of a violent wind. Remember the tent of meeting that God's presence would come over? What would happen when the presence would come over? We would see the cloud come over. Throughout Scripture, we see that when the Spirit comes, there is a wind, there's a movement. And so the, the wind of the Spirit comes to the house that the people are at. And then the second thing we see at the tent of meeting is what? A cloud and fire. And so the second thing we see here and at the place where the people are in Acts 2 is the wind, so the presence of God through the wind, and then we see the presence of God through the fire. So both the elements that we see all over Scripture when the Spirit shows up are there, and the Spirit of God comes upon the people. The presence of God shows up, and the Spirit fills the people. Let me ask you a question. Like, I can't even imagine how awesome this would have been to experience. I can't imagine it. But have any of you ever been in a service where you just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Spirit of God showed up and something incredible happened? Maybe, maybe you didn't see a cloud, maybe you didn't hear a violent wind, maybe you didn't see tongues of fire, but it was so clear that God's Spirit was there, you couldn't deny it. When I was in high school, I was on a thing called Impact Team. And so in the Nazarene church, um, some districts have it and some don't, but impact team down in Tennessee um, district where I lived, I was, we had to try out and um, you had to sing and do different things. And somehow, I think, I, I don't know why they took me, but they took me. <laughs> and so I was on this impact team. And what we did at the impact, as the impact team is we would once a month, we would get together for a weekend and we would go to a different church on the district and we would put on like a worship service. We would sing as a choir. Um, sometimes, like I preached a few times. Um, those probably weren't the times that the Spirit showed up. But, but we would put on these services. And there's one service in specific that I will never forget. We were in Clarksville, Tennessee. And, and we were in this service doing what we did at every other church. So this is, there's nothing special about what we did at Clarksville. It wasn't anything that we did, but we, we started singing. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God showed up in a way that I haven't seen many other times in my life. And this isn't something we see a lot in the church today, but people started just standing up. I mean, they just stand up and start shouting praises to God. There was one guy that stood up and said, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, and just, I mean, people just standing up all over in front of hundreds of people and professing their faith in God. And I mean, it was just this movement of the Spirit, but there was another thing that happened that I thought was just incredible. So we're talking about hundreds of people in this sanctuary and not just people standing up saying, I love Jesus, but all of a sudden some people started standing up 
and saying, hey, Jim back there, I wronged you five years ago, and our relationship has been broken ever since, and I want to ask you to forgive me. Can you imagine, I mean, can you imagine just right now somebody standing up, Jay stands up, and, and he says, Chris, I have wronged you, and we've really been at it for five years. I'm so sorry. And I'm telling you, this happened. People were standing up saying, forgive me. I... I wronged you, and people were coming together and hugging, and the Spirit was being poured out in so many different ways. People are testifying. Relationships are being mended. There was no question. There, there was no cloud. There was no wind. There was no fire, but there was no question that the Spirit of God was moving in a special way. If you've never been in a service like that, oh man, I, 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 I hope we have a lot of services like that here. The Spirit of God was moving, and so that's what happened here. And so in, in this story that we're looking at, we have the presence of God moving over the tent of meeting, and then we have the holy temple where people go to practice worship and grow in their faith, but now we have this amazing, miraculous movement of the Holy Spirit where the Spirit fills the people. Listen, it is no different for us. Part of the reason we're looking at this in our series is because God works in the same ways in our lives. We see the presence of God at work around us. You can see it all over. You can see God working in relationships. You, every once in a while, I won't notice it at first, but I'll just see something and say, oh man, that was God working. And, and we are called to be the church, the body of Christ, and we are called to come together to a temple, to a church, to a sanctuary, to a kitchen table, wherever it is, to a house, and we are called to come together and worship as the body, and we practice and we grow. See, as we come together to worship together, we are being shaped and formed to live the rest of our lives, to worship throughout the week. See, worship is an all-the-time thing, but we come here to the temple, to the sanctuary, to practice worship and to connect with God. But then there's Pentecost and this filling of the Spirit, and I've got good news for you today. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have the very Spirit of God living in you. That is incredible. That doesn't mean that we don't see God working in other things. It doesn't mean that we don't come to the temple or the sanctuary, but it means that now the very presence and power of God is living in us and working through us. This is a big deal. Sometimes I think we as the church really miss this. We come together and we sing songs and we shake hands or not in this time. We, we come together and then we just think we're, we're we're going through motions, or even we come together and we think it's about an experience, but the truth is, each one of us that's a follower of Christ are filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, the same presence of God that was over the tent of meeting, the cloud, the fire, the same presence of God that was in the holy temple in Jerusalem, that same Spirit, that same presence is in each and every one of us. And so we don't gather here <laughs> just as a social gathering or even a celebration. We gather here as the holy people of God filled with the very Spirit of God to do the work of God in the world around us. That's incredible. And so here's the thing. If we are full of the Spirit, if the Spirit's in us, then we, other people, should see the Spirit in us. If, if the Spirit is in each one of us and we are living, Jesus is our Savior, we're living for God, 
then people should see the Spirit in us every day. When you go to the store, people should see the Spirit of God in you. When, when we come together, there should be things like people forgiving people over things that people don't forgive people over. There should be a unity and a love. When we come together, the Spirit is at work in all of us, and people should see the Spirit. Yesterday, so we talked about the Clarksville service. That was the closest thing I've ever gotten to the Acts 2, the big pouring out of the Spirit. I didn't see tongues of fire. I didn't see the cloud. But, um, but, but that's not the only way the Spirit comes because, as I said, the Spirit's with us all the time. And so yesterday we had um, a thing here at the district office, and it's called District Credentials Board. And what that is, for those of you that aren't around the Nazarene church much, is when, when a minister is coming up and trying to be ordained, they have to go before the credentials board, and we interview them, and we decide if we're going to continue to renew their license, or when they get there, if we're going to ordain them. And so Pastor Adam went yesterday, and they decided to renew his license. And then Pastor Emily and Pastor Jay, as I announced before service, we decided to um, ordain them this year. And so it was just this cool thing where we come together. And by the way, we should be excited about that. So let's, yeah, we got good people here. And so we, we came together with a group of pastors. And I mean, it was, it, they were meetings. They were interviews. And I sat there as candidate after candidate, young people, people that, you know, had gotten called into ministry later on in life, as candidate after candidate came in and we interviewed them. And sometimes there's a feeling of like anxiety with that, like, oh, these people are interviewing me and they're going to determine whether, you know, there's like this, that's not at all what this was. And I want to tell you that the Spirit of God showed up yesterday in an incredible way. And we sat and we loved each other. And the grace of God was poured out in these rooms with eight of us in it. And we cried together. In fact, I knew the Spirit of God was moving because I was not the one that was crying the most. There were like seven different people that were just crying tears. And I was like, whoa, I'm used to being the guy, that, the weird guy that cries. But the Spirit of God was moving. And we came together with people from different ethnicities, different genders, different um, experiences. I sat in one interview where a guy had come from a life very different than mine. And each time, the Spirit of God was there because the people of God were there. And when we're living in the Spirit, incredible things happen. And so God doesn't just show up in the miraculous tongues of fire or cloud. God shows up every day when the people of God come together. The same power that was in the tent of meeting, in the clouds, in the fire, the same holiness that was in the temple is living in us. And you know what we need to do? We need to let it loose. We need to let it loose. It's not, actually, it's not something we do. But, but we need to just trust and let God move among us. And we need to get out of the way and the Spirit of God will move. Because see, the, the world needs to see the Spirit of God moving. The Spirit of God didn't come in Pentecost. It didn't come in Acts 2 just so the people could have a good experience. It didn't come just so those people could claim that they were better than other people or they were more close to God. That's not what this was about. The Spirit of God came to fill the people 
because we are the image bearers of God in the world around us. And so the world needs to see the love that I saw yesterday in a district office. The world needs to see the grace and forgiveness of people standing up in a sanctuary that have had problems for years and go hug each other because ultimately God's grace is flowing. The people need to see the unity of the church where we come together regardless of ethnicity or gender or experiences in life where we come together and we are unified by one thing, and that's a holy God that is at work in our lives. The world needs to see that. I talked about the difficulty in the world around us, and the good news is this. God's Spirit is moving in us. So let's look at Acts 1. This is the last thing that Acts records, that's recorded in Acts, that Jesus says before he ascends to heaven. He says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And listen to this next part. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Spirit of God didn't just come for an experience. It didn't just come so we could differentiate ourselves from others. The Spirit of God was poured out on these people so that people from all over the world could see the holy God, could see Jesus. And it's incredible because if you look at Acts 2, it says that people from all over the world had come for this festival. See, they didn't know it, but God was doing something. And so they were all in Jerusalem and the Spirit of God is poured out. And all of a sudden we have the speaking in tongues and they heard the gospel in their own language and they were able to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will be my witnesses. Not just a cloud, not just fire, not just God showing up in different ways, not just a temple, not just a church, not just a cathedral, not just a holy building, but we are witnesses to the world around us. And so I wanna ask you a question today. If people look at your life, if people look at our church, if people look at followers of Jesus, are they seeing the Holy Spirit and the power of God at work in us? I think they are. I think we have a wonderful church. I'm afraid sometimes we sell ourselves short and we sell God short and we we can operate like a social club or we, we can get bent out of shape over different things, over music preferences or carpet preferences or or how we think church should be done. I think sometimes we, we become way too exclusive and we look like people who think we're better than everyone else. The Spirit of God was poured out on the people in Acts 2 and the Spirit of God fills each of us that follows Christ not so that we can be a social club or an exclusive club or that we can fight over carpet or music or anything. The Spirit of God is poured out on us so that we can be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so we have the Spirit of God living in us. God's gift of the Spirit is not for us to selfishly hold on to. It's for the building of of God's kingdom. And so the people are amazed. They're sitting there. They're hearing the language. I mean, they're hearing it in their own language. The Spirit showed up. And now let's look at verse 36. Peter gets up and he starts preaching. And he says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. 
When the people heard this, they were cut to, their, to the heart and said to Peter and other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So I want to stop here because the thing that's awesome about this is the Spirit of God shows up, this incredible thing happens, and what does Peter do? He doesn't stand up and say, look how awesome we are. God showed up on us. Peter stands up and says, that's the power of Jesus. That's the power of the Holy God. Jesus is the Messiah. You know the guy that we, you know, we all put on a cross? You know the guy that you guys turned your back on? He's the Messiah. He's Lord. And so the people say, well, what should we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So what happened when the Spirit of God showed up? It was poured out on the people of God. They pointed to Jesus and people saw Jesus and lives were changed. When people see God's Spirit in us, things change. And so I got great news for you here today, church. The Spirit of God is with us. It's in each one of you. The Spirit of God has been poured out on us, and it may not always look like a cloud or a fire. It may look like a bunch of people in a sanctuary just loving each other and forgiving, but it needs to look like a group of people who don't just love each other and forgive here, but we go and other people see Jesus in us. And the best news of all is we live in a broken, messed up world where people die that shouldn't have to die. We live in a world with sickness and disease. We live in a world that's messed up. But we serve a God that's greater. And we don't just serve a God that's greater. We're filled with his very presence. And so if we'll just allow the spirit to move in us, God's gonna work. And the good news is this world is broken. But I believe we have the solution right here, living in us. And so we gotta live in the power of the Spirit. The worship team's gonna come back up and we're gonna sing one last song. And my prayer for us today is this. Not that we'll have goosebump experiences, not that we'll have tongues of fire all the time in clouds, not all, but just that we will live filled with the Holy Spirit that we will love each other so much because God's love is in us, that we will forgive each other when we need to forgive each other, that we will be so united that other people look at us and they see Jesus. And my prayer for us is that we, right here, and the church around the world, when, the, when people see Jesus, lives will be changed and hate will be turned to love and forgiveness will flow. I believe that's gonna happen. Let's pray, Father. We love you today. We give everything to you. And so, Father, as we, um, as we sing this last song and as we see a video about the ways that you've already been working in the church through a difficult time in this pandemic, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to fill us with your spirit, that we would, we would be aware of your presence and that you would move in us and help us to be your image bearers to the world around us. Father, we love you. I thank you that you pour out your spirit on each of us. And I pray that we will reflect you in everything we do. And I pray that you will work in the world through us. In Jesus' name, amen.